You are listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast, episode 65. Welcome to the Progress Your Health Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progression Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Uh, so on this episode, this is the last of our five-part series. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the concealed type of PCOS. Uh, the last one, we talked about the common type. The one before that, we talked about the classic type. This one, you know, the concealed uh, definitely is is the most confusing in some respects. It is. It's a little bit more vague. So we have, you know, since being in practice and working with, you know, hormonal imbalance and whatnot, with PCOS, we found three different types. Of course, the classic that we talked about, that's easy to spot. They've got it all. They've got the full gamut. Now, the classic really isn't that common, even though everybody knows about all the common symptoms or the classic symptoms of PCOS with that classic type. And then we have the common, which is what we mostly see, which should be diagnosed easily, but isn't because they don't have all those classic symptoms. So it's kind of like a a watered-down version of classic. So the common type is a watered-down version of the classic type of PCOS, but the concealed is where it gets a little more, um, like I said, vague or a little bit more uh, tricky because it's, I wouldn't say it's a watered-down type of common, but it's a little bit different because you still have some of the symptoms, but it's not picked up on. Like, for example, these women that have the concealed type of PCOS have gone to doctor and doctor and doctor looking for answers, but never finding them. Their symptoms are blown off as, oh, it's just your lifestyle, or maybe that's your family genetics, but it still doesn't mean that they're getting any better. Now, they might not have the huge risk factors that you see in the classic, like diabetes type 2 and high blood pressure, um, but you still they still have these symptoms that are going to affect their quality of life. Yeah. So, uh, one of the, one of the things that, you now granted, this is not in every single woman, but one thing that you may sh- give you a clue as the, the concealed type is they're going to have really, really bad PMS, uh, you know, on a monthly basis, cycle after cycle, it's almost like each, uh, they all, uh, almost dread when they're, when they're, uh, when, when their cycles is coming because they're at seven to 10 days before they're, you know, before they actually menstruate where, all the symptoms that are possible are just going to be exacerbated for these type of people. Yeah. So you, um, everybody says with that classic type of PCOS, they miss their periods. In common types, they might miss their periods every once in a while. But in the concealed PCOS, they're getting a period every month. They're getting a period every single month since they started puberty, but they have that terrible PMS. And so, in fact, some, some women will say, like Dr. Mackey, you know, it's 10 days before my period. And I tell them that's like one third of your life, sometimes half of your life, you know, half of the month, you're going to feel terrible. So we always, so that's probably one of the few, um, things that doctors, unfortunately, they think PMS is not going to kill you. So they just blow you off, but PMS not feeling good for 50% of your month is a terrible feeling. 
Yeah, right. And I, I mean, again, this is why we deal with these kinds of issues because you know, you're right. I mean, we talk to women all the time. They'll have two good, uh, sometimes they'll have one good week, which is usually the week they menstruate. Uh, they might have two good weeks and two bad weeks or one okay week, one bad week, uh, two bad weeks. Uh, you know, I mean, you're right. That's a lot of time where you're not feeling your best. And just to accept that, like there's no options for that, I think can be a little bit demoralizing. I mean, that, you know, and that's not necessarily the person's fault or the patient's fault. That's on the doctor not having any ability or any way to be able to help them effectively. Exactly. So that's one of the things that we're so into is is balancing the hormones for that quality of life. I mean, a concealed PCOS woman is is healthy. You know, she's healthy. Her blood work's going to come back amazing. And the doctor's going to say, you have, you are so healthy, but they're going to say, well, I don't feel like it. I feel terrible. Cause like I said, they go doctor to doctor looking for answers because they have terrible PMS. Their periods might even be really bad, really heavy. These are the women that might get an ablation, you know, the uterine lining burned off because their periods are so heavy and uncomfortable. Now, all it does is it corrects the periods, but it does nothing for the other, you know, the other symptoms, because not only will you have terrible PMS, but the whole month long, these women are irritable, they're anxious, and they're mentally tired. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're just, ex- uh, now granted, we're going to talk about stress in a minute, but they're just, you know, kind of drained both physically and mentally because, you know, they have probably a lot going on in their lives, right? They have a work, they have kids, they have a family, they have all these different things. And this is the one, the concealed type, which we just kind of, I just kind of glossed over there. They may actually have a child already. Uh, you know, where the classic type is probably not going to have a child, uh, just because that would be very, you know, that'd be very challenging for a classic type to have a pregnancy relatively fairly easy. This one would have a child or have had a, you know, um, pregnancy, uh, and therefore that infertility part kind of gets, you know, kind of just gets missed. It kind of declassifies them because they've already had a pregnancy. But, and, and also too, these concealed types, we don't normally see them because they're going doctor to doctor. They walk into our office right around their mid thirties, you know, to their early forties. And that's because usually they can, they can buffer it. They can blow off the symptoms, you know, in their twenties and early thirties, they just have to work really hard. But by the time they hit their mid thirties, they're so mentally exhausted. They're not feeling good. They're irritable. They, that's when they start to gain weight. So everyone thinks, Oh, PCOS, you're going to have weight gain. Yes, you do have weight gain in PCOS, but with the concealed type, it doesn't start to manifest until you hit about your mid-30s. And that's when they say, oh my gosh, I put on 12 pounds overnight and I have no idea how to get rid of it. In fact, I'm eating less and exercising more and it's even creeping up a little bit more. So you'll see that weight gain. And when you break it down... Like I said, it almost seems like a, you know, so different from the classic PCOS, the concealed type does have that, those higher levels of androgens, just like the common, they'll have kind of high normal DHA sulfate. They'll have high normal testosterone, which you wouldn't expect in someone that had been, because typically, because we consider the concealed type, not necessarily genetic, but more, I guess you could say like adrenal derived PCOS. Yeah, right. They have usually they have they've either had or have lots of stress, uh, whatever kind of stress that might be, uh, and it uh, and for whatever reason, uh, as those female hormones, like you said, once they get to their mid 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 to early mid thirties to mid forties, those female hormones are declining a little bit. So now they're more responsive to uh, the cortisol. 
Uh, and some of the insulin issues that you might see in the other two uh, usually happens via the, you know, the cortisol route. In some ways, if you have a cortisol problem, you have an insulin problem. If you have an insulin problem, you have a cortisol problem. So it kind of, they, they both kind of feed off each other a little bit. This one is more on the cortisol side that creates issues based on that, you know, based on other hormone problems, based on the, the cortisol, oh, how would you say it? The cortisol uh, dysfunction. Exactly. So it's almost like a delayed PCOS that starts to manifest in their mid thirties, but then it just gets blown off because they might have a child and Hey, you're getting older, you know, or your lifestyle, but it is, it's like a delayed, um, you know, a delayed common PCOS that starts in their mid thirties. Now, like Dr. Mackey said, is they, you know, having stress, you know, a lot of stress chronically is not great for our adrenal glands. You know, our bodies are meant to run from a bear and then get away and then be happy. Not, you know, 15 seconds of, you know, intense stress, not 15 years of intense stress or 15 months of intense stress. So you see in, in these women, they've had a lot of stress, their cortisol goes up. And then when they hit their mid thirties, their female hormones start to change a little bit. So it can't buffer those higher levels of androgens like the DHA sulfate or the DHA in particular, um, the testosterone. So that starts to come to a head. Then because of the high levels of cortisol for so long, then you see the insulin start to come up. So that's where you'll see those delayed symptoms. They will have had the terrible PMS probably their whole life. But once it hits 35, it gets really bad and almost feels like it's permanent PMS. So they have that anxiety. They have the irritability. They go up maybe, you know, a, you know, two sizes in their, you know, in their dress size or their pant size. Like, for example, I, I have a patient um, and she's that classic concealed PCOS. You know, she's in her early 40s and she's very, you know, very good willpower. She works very hard during the week. But on the weekends... All she does is lay in bed all day and she tells me how tired she is that she just binge, binge watches Netflix Saturday and Sunday so she can get ready for Monday through Friday and she's so tired. But I tell her, um, you go to Pilates a couple times a week. If you had to help me pack up these books and this bookcase and this desk, you could, you could help me do it. You have the physical energy. She doesn't have the mental energy. Her female hormones are starting to dip. She's went from, you know, a size four to a size seven. So she, or, or her size seven pants are, are fairly comfortable, but that she's never been more than a size four. So we see that her hair starting to fall out. You know, she, she's not necessarily breaking out in having acne, but looking at her blood work, you would think after all, all the stress of all the years that she's had to deal with, that her adrenal glands, her adrenal hormones would be low. You'd think the DHEA sulfate would be low, but if anything, it's high normal. Her testosterone is high normal, which, you know, it, which is unusual. So she has that delayed or that concealed PCOS. And in some respects, people say, well, you know, she's fine, just blow it off. But no, we want to address that, but we might not address it exactly like that classic type. Yeah, right. Because you just start throwing female hormones at them, right? You know, they're just She'll not feel gonna, awful. Yeah, they're mm -hmm. not. You know, those are the ones that, uh, as we are talking before we actually started recording, we were talking about that. They're, they're the ones that they take birth control and they just feel worse. You know, or if we try to give them progesterone, they might not tolerate it very well. Uh, you know, and now granted, uh, some of the some of the symptoms that the concealed type. That's why the name, uh, the descriptor PCOS doesn't really fit this one. Okay, but it's not exactly PMS. It's not exactly perimenopause. In some ways, it's kind of a transition between the two of those. Uh, so concealed PCOS really doesn't fit all that well, but 
the other two don't really fit either because they're you know they're different than PMS. They're it's different than just straight perimenopause. But you do see that higher normal androgen status, but it never affected them. They might have had a lot of stress. You know, ter- maybe not the greatest periods. You know, PMS you know was yucky in their twenties and early thirties. But they at least had that mental energy. They were at least able to get through everything. And then they it's like they hit a wall in their mid thirties and early forties. Like I hit a wall. I'm done. And that's when you look at that picture and you see, hey, that insulin is starting to come up. You know, in their 20s, these concealed do not have high levels of insulin like you would see in a classic or even moderate elevated levels of fasting insulin in their blood like a common. But once they hit 35, 40, you're like, you know what? They're eating less. They're exercising more and their insulin is coming up to a nine. Why would it, you know, why would it be that? So you see it delayed. The insulin's coming up, you know, their, their androgen status is up, but their blood pressure is low. We're like, you know, that classic type, they have high blood pressure. If anything, their blood, the concealed PCOS, their blood pressure is low because it really is coming from, there might be a predisposition, but then you put all that adrenal stress on there. And then that's when it manifests. Now, this is kind of a form of a adrenal fatigue or adrenal dysfunction, but in adrenal fatigue, you see low DHEA. Yeah, you right. Know? Yeah, yeah. Someone's got, uh, and that's why, again, we, we that's why we're looking at DHEA in women all the time, DHEA sulfate, because these are the exact ones that when you hear their story and they tell you what's going on, if you didn't look at their blood work ahead of time, you would expect them, like you said, you expect their DHA level, DHA sulfate to be less than 100, you know, maybe even less than 75. It might be somewhere between, let's say, you know, 25 to 65 or something like that. But here it is, it comes back and now it's, you know, 195, it's 185, it's, you know, it's 175. It's almost exactly the opposite of what you would expect it to be. Same thing with the testosterone. You might expect their testosterone to be in the single digits and here their testosterone is high normal. So treating these women with, um, let's say, we didn't, let's say somebody didn't know they have this concealed type of PCOS. And they, of course, know that, hey, I've got to work on my adrenals. And they work on their adrenals, maybe take some adrenal supplementation. They're going to do better. They're going to do better. But when you're looking at this concealed type of PCOS, you want to focus on those androgens and and in some respect, trying to balance out the higher level of androgens. So if you could get them down just a little bit, like, like for example, that one patient I was talking about, her testosterone level is 41. The reference range request is two to 45 and what's lab corp, um, like nine to 49 or something. So hers was 41. That's, that's a pretty good level of testosterone. That was one of those things that kind of jumped out at me. And then she says, she's anxious all the time. She's irritable. Her patience is short. She's mentally exhausted. So we want to try to bring, if we could bring that testosterone down to about 32, 30, just by 10 points, that would help tremendously. So there are lots of ways we can do that. But like, but you know, so that's, that's why I really love working with the concealed PCOS because you want to focus, you have a particular treatment plan that goes along with what would ideally you would work with, with PCOS that gets missed because doctors will be like, Hey, let's put you on antidepressants. Maybe you get a great functional um, medicine doctor that might not pick this part up, but want to work on the adrenals, they'll get better, but they won't do great. Yeah, right. Uh, and that's why we're talking about this one. You know, the other ones are fairly obvious, uh, you know, even the common type, you know, especially nowadays with the internet and symptoms and, you know, symptom quizzes and, you know, condition quizzes and things like that. People can usually figure those things out fairly easy. This is the one that even for us sometimes becomes a little confusing because it doesn't fit into the name of it for one concealed PCOS, you would never, 
uh, you would never classify this one exactly as PCOS. It's just, like you said, those high androgens and some of the other things that are similar to the other two, the classic and the common type. Uh, so we understand that the name might not be perfect, um, but it's not exactly PMS. It's not exactly perimenopause. It's kind of a, in some ways, it's almost like a hybrid between the two of those. Um, but to, uh, but it because of those high normal uh, androgens, we can we can sort of attach it to the common and the classic, uh, and it makes at least in our brains it makes sense to do that. Exactly, and and you do see it. We kind of call it like like. I guess adrenal derived, you know, PCOS because it is coming from the adrenals as opposed to the female reproductive hormones. But at the same time, the reason why we 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 broke it down this way, and the reason why I love working with women that have that concealed PCOS, is we're still doing some of the same things that you would do with the classic and the common, and then you just interject a little bit with the adrenals at the same time, and they do great. You know, you're, it's like you're coming at it at, with the, you know, the right treatment plan as opposed to, you know, a shotgun and hopefully I hit the target. This is where, okay, we're streamlining it. We know exactly what we need to change. We have our objective data. We have our subjective data and we have it really more of kind of like a sharpshooter on what we want to get done. Yeah. Right. As, as opposed to taking a prescription or supplementation or something for kind of broad strokes, this is, uh, you know, there's enough information there to be able to pinpoint. And then hopefully there's uh, an improvement on some of those numbers. Like I said, lowering a testosterone from 41 to 32, which may seem very subtle and not really, you know, like that's really going to do that much. Um, but you know, testosterone for a woman is a very powerful hormone, um, getting some kind of a change, at least that way, you know, that you're going in the right direction. And usually there is a at least some level of a clinical improvement. They're going to feel better in some respects. Yeah, working on that cortisol, working on the insulin. So you're kind of coming at it from a few different angles, but it really, you know, it really gets it right on that bullseye. So I do think, you know, I, you know, like we always say, PCOS like is is a spectrum of this you know, of symptoms. It's a spectrum. You might have all the symptoms. You might have some of the symptoms. You might have very just a little bit. So um, that's why we wanted to break it up because everybody is a little bit different. Yeah. So uh, hopefully this gives you some insight. Uh, certainly this one, the concealed type is really the most confusing. Uh, and this is the one also conventionally, you're not going to get a diagnosis of PCOS um, with these types of symptoms, even if you have the high normal DHA and androgens, because again, conventionally, if the numbers are normal, then you don't have something. Okay. That's why you have to, you know, understand and look at the subtleties. And this one really is a, a, a lot about how they present a lot about their subjective symptoms, their emotional state, their, you know, their mood, all those things. And then a little tiny, little, little pieces of objective information in their labs that kind of point you in that direction. Uh, and as, like you said, it, it's enough to help you focus on, you know, that, you know, um, working on those adrenals and you know, they usually, uh, you know, they respond fairly well that way. Yeah. Cause you don't necessarily see the lower thyroid function like you do in the classic and the common, but they will have low levels of T3. Their T4 is great. Their TSH is fantastic, but they have low normal to low levels of T3. That's pretty common with the concealed. That LH FSH ratio we talked about in the previous episodes, the luteinizing hormone to the follicle stimulating hormone ratio. You don't see it as you don't see the LH as high as the FSH, like you do in the classic, of course. And even the common has a little bit higher um, LH to FSH. You might not see this here, but, or it might be just a touch or doing the blood work over time. You notice that LH tends to trend a little higher than the FSH for this person, because we have patients that we've had for, you know, 
15 years and I have, and which is awesome. I have 15 years of blood work that I look at to see how are things changing? Because I always tell them we want things to get better, you know, right? As we're getting older, we want things to get better. So it's great to have all that objective data to watch that through. But like Dr. Mackey said, the concealed is very slight, you know, almost like sleight of hand. It's not picked up on that easy, but you can put it together. So that is, you know, why we wanted to talk about this on the podcast. Yeah. Well, in some ways it's not going to be picked up on because it's not really a true diagnosis. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. So it's in some ways, it's kind of like a hybrid diagnosis that we've come up with over the years because it doesn't fit into the, any, any of the other categories. So again, like I said a few minutes ago, it's um, maybe not the best name. I think the concealed is a great name, concealed PCOS, but just the fact that we're categorizing it in PCOS. The only real reason why we're doing that is because of those high normal androgens. That's the commonality between the other two types. Uh, in some ways, this one is its own situation or its own syndrome or problem, um, but because those lab values tend to be somewhat similar and how they present, like some of their symptoms tend to be somewhat similar, that's why we decided to include it into the, into the PCOS umbrella anyway. So uh, hopefully that uh, shed some light. Hopefully uh, you've identified if you're listening um, to where you are on that uh, on the three different types. I'm sure that that was fairly easy to do um, based on what we talked about. You're probably resonating with one of the three types. If you would like more information, you can visit our website, ProgressureHealth.com. You can enter your email right there on the homepage. There is a free hormone video course there. We go through similar profiles. We have a PCOS profile. We have a hypothyroid profile. We have a perimenopause and a menopause profile where we talk about actual patients, not, you know, we save their identity. We don't talk, you know, we don't give their any identity away, but we have, you know, uh, fictitious names and a very specific profile for each one of those. So if you're interested, you can download that. Just enter your email, you get direct access right away. Dr. Davidson, uh, do you have anything to add to the concealed type? No, no, no. This was great. Thank you. Yeah. Until next time, I'm Dr. Mackey. I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at ProgressYourHealth.com.